Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. like maybe the machines are going to cooperate for now until they rise up and take over the world we as do. they are wont to do we do adore our google masters hello everyone welcome to this <laughs> episode of the h2o podcast my name is jason hunt and i am timothy harvey and we are uh, live on sci-fi for me tv for those of you who are uh, watching on Saturday, and we are going to put the podcast version of this out uh, probably on Tuesday, I think is going to be our, our standard practice for this. Uh, that The email, if you want to send us a comment or a question or a suggestion for a topic, h2o at sci-fi for me.com, and the hashtag, of course, h2o podcast. And that will get to us in some way, shape, or form, assuming that I check all of the different places. I okay, so I'm I'm going through our YouTube channel and and going through all of the different things and I see in my in my dashboard where some of the other channels that I've that we follow have posted little notes and, and things. I'm like Oh, that's interesting. I wonder how we do that. And I look, and all of all of their channels have a tab marked community. Oh. We have a tab marked discussion, which I'm assuming is the same thing, maybe. But I click on there, and oh, look, here are some comments from 2017. <laughs> so... Oh dear! So, if you've left a comment in the last three years and nobody replied, that's probably why we didn't see it. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, there are so many things that you have to keep track of, and of course, the fact that we were dark for a year that didn't help. But, but having all of these tools, all of these, uh, you know, social media and this mm -hmm. and everything, and you have these statistics over here, these statistics over here, this report here, this report here, this report here. It's just so overwhelming. There are all the things. I'm like, oh, okay, why can't I just, you know, there should be an app. That Some, does it all for you? Somebody design, somebody needs to design an app that consolidates every insights, statistics, grouping, report thing from everywhere that you are. There probably is such a thing. I wonder, I wonder. It would make sense. It would make sense. Oh, by the way, for those of you who are watching, you may have noticed our brand new shiny red microphone windscreens. I think you should have got these. You should have tied this into like the British red nose day. <laughs> sure, we should have yeah, sure, sure. Uh, actually, it's tied into our logo That's more right. than anything else. Our brand new logo, logo art, which is on our coffee mug. You're probably familiar with our older logo art yes but i have the, the, i have the, the newer new one, one there you have so. the, you have the see this so. is our 10-year challenge right here mm -hmm. right there <laughs> there it is uh, that's a very appropriate 10-year challenge it is and, and and of course those of you who are just listening to this as a podcast you are completely missing out on all the fun however so. if you look at the if you look at the website and just about any place you can find our stuff you will see the new logo yes Yes. So it's yes, a, the new logo is. We are not hiding it from you. Fancy and spiffy, and everybody. We've gotten a lot of good feedback on it. Hmm. Everybody seems really pleased with it. So I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. Okay. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, I have to. <laughs> I have to take the win where I can get it. Tim. I just. Amen know. to that. All right. So all right. So today's topic. Oh, today, oh wait. Yeah. Before we get to today's topic, yeah. we need to be talking about today's sponsor. That's right. Which is a sponsor all the time, superherostuff.com, 
which uh, has come back to the fold, as it were. And uh, if it's you, hard to sponsor a show when we're gone for a year, well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But they, but they had they had changed their strategy right. earlier, and uh, we were um, not part of that strategy. After no, and 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 that this happens in business. We were very very yes. happy to have them for a sponsor when we did. Um, we completely understood what they were doing on a business level. Well, and um, now they're under new ownership, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, okay, let's try this. So we've negotiated a discount. Mm-hmm. And if you go to superherostuff.com, you order whatever you want is in the stuff, Star Wars, Star Trek, Godzilla, Walking Dead, DC, Marvel. Mm -hmm. And when you go to checkout, there's a little field when you're entering all your information that asks for a promo code. Mm -hmm. If you enter sci-fi for me 10 in that promo code field, you will get 10% off your entire order. And we've got this handy-dandy little QR code that you can scan mm-hmm. that's up on the screen now. And uh, I have confirmed that our discount code can be used in combination with other sales as long as there's not another discount code. Mm-hmm. So you just say, hey, yo, 25% off the store, yo, use the promo code, promo 25 Right. Well, if there's a promo code attached to whatever other sales are going on, we can't use them in combination. But if they just have, you know, this a sale twenty five percent off all socks, mm-hmm. and you don't have to do a code; it's just a blanket discount. Then you can add ours on top of that right. and use it in combination. So I did confirm that, and we're very happy about that. Um, you know, every little bit helps. Exactly. No kidding. And and, and I have been told. That there are some people who have actually gone to superhero stuff and ordered stuff and used our code. Yes. So, thank you for that. Well, and, and we hope you enjoy the cool stuff you got from superhero stuff. Because they have yes. some really cool stuff. Uh, but I will have to send them a note mm-hmm. and let them know that uh, there has been a request for more Silver Surfer Oh, really? Interesting. Because cool. there's not a lot of Silver Surfer. but it, it, Which, it kind of makes sense because... Silver Surfer hasn't really been in mm. the public eye for very much right now. Although uh, I believe he's part of the new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Is he? Series. I think I don't. I can't remember if he's. He might even be part of the new crew. I'm not sure. Interesting. Um, I know Cosmic Ghost Rider. Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, Groot. Because um, let's see, Drax is dead. In the new in the comic, Gamora is a bad guy now. Hmm. Uh, they don't talk about Rocket. Don't know what's happened with that. Um, and Groot speaks in complete sentences. Oh no! Yeah, that's just yeah. So wrong. I'm not, I, that's that's what, wrong. So I need to read the, the first issue of the new series uh, and and see what's going on. But uh, apparently, uh, some change it has happened. <laughs> Okay. Uh, speaking of change, yes. before we get into today, well, no, first of all, let's let's talk about what today's topic is. Okay. So you may have noticed that there's this little thing called the superhero film. Speaking of superhero stuff, let's just stay in, on theme here. I, I have noticed one or two couple of those of, things. A couple of three yeah. little projects have, that have been, have been getting a few people sitting down in seats to watch them. Um. Marvel, Marvel people, Marvel Studios, I think is the name. And there was a film about a guy who uh, who swims recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the superhero film is a gigantic, gigantic moneymaker right now. But we all know that movies go in uh, what what movies are playing, what people are watching changes over time. Yes. Um, when you and I were watching Star Wars in the 70s, when it was new, when it was, you know, when the film had just come out. When it was Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, up in, uh, superhero, or star, uh, super science fiction films hadn't really been a thing. No, before that, all you had was 2001. Yeah, and, and, you, and, you, you, and, and some some smaller pictures, things you, like Logan's or you Run, go, or Or you go back to the, to the 60s and 50s and 60s, really, to yeah. get your science fiction films. So the uh, nobody was really making a 2001 style film after 2001 came out. It did not spark a giant 
a, a you know upswing in cosmic science fiction films. Right. Uh, <laughs> people didn't think that way, but we were seeing a ton of westerns, and you'd see disaster movies in the seventies, and you'd see airplane films in the seventies, and I think it, I think they, Towering Inferno oh, type no, disaster films. movies. Yes. So, these, so superhero films, the fact that there are so many of them, and it's such a big part of blockbuster cinema right now. There are a lot of people who are expecting the bubble to burst. Kendall Sin has has predicted what three years? Mm. Of course, we're we're actually probably getting past the point where he predicted it would go out. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, it was four or five years ago he made that prediction. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, it is certainly no sign of any of this abating. I mean, there's no... No, well, especially given that Aquaman is just about to cross a billion dollars, yeah. and it will surpass The Dark Knight Rises as the top-grossing DC Comics movie of all time. Before yeah. that, it was Dark Knight Rises. Before that, it was Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah. So Aquaman, this is this is how, how much we've dropped into the Twilight Zone of this stuff. <laughs> Aquaman... <laughs> Is now more successful, more popular than Batman. Well, Aquaman is a tiny bit less dour. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The yeah. movies are in by by default. They're going to be more fun. Well, and it may not be. You know, you can argue quality, but yeah, I mean, but you could you could you could have a fun movie with Batman and not be so grim dark. We have. Frank Miller to thank for a lot of that. Well, we um, not only have Frank Miller to thank. Not for a just lot of Frank that, Miller, but, but that actually kind of brings me. That was a beautiful segue, by the way, because that brings me around to the see, first part of this. That the thing I want to talk about after we talk about superhero films in general. We're brilliant that way. It's funny. So we'll talk about Gore Grimdark in a minute. But there are all these, you know, Marvel, DC. You know, you've gone and seen Flash Gordon. You're waiting on. Uh, you know, the latest Avengers film and, and to find out who will stay dead. Dum, dum, dum. We know, we know two that aren't. <laughs> um, yeah, so you, you, but you want to watch superhero films. You need, you need more. You need your fix, man. Your Jones, your Jones and for, for heroes and tights, man. You need, you need uh, heroes coffee. versus villain. You need coffee. That's I need coffee. God. So, because so, um, I'm out. There's a couple of dozen superhero films you probably haven't seen. They don't have the big name recognition. They didn't right. come along at the time when there were big superhero films to draw an audience. They dropped into that period where in between um, uh, Batman Returns mm. and uh, maybe Superman Returns. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's probably that's probably a good a good window of some of these things happening that probably Cause I think wasn't you could, on the radar. I think you could probably argue that you can push the resurgence of superhero films back to Superman Returns because you'd had the first of the of the Nolan Batman films out, right? And then you had um, Superman Returns. And you're getting ready for the second Nolan Batman film to come out. Yeah, and then you had Spider-Man. Right, and so all this stuff sort of hit there where it started to snowball yeah. into the thing we got. So we got X-Men movies and Spider-Man movies and and all of these things. And then Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe happened, right? Yeah. So, but that's not all there is out there in the world. There are, there are a lot of films. That, they're smaller pictures. They're films that are well before... Uh, oh, let's see, Christopher Reeve's Superman, well before Tim Burton's Batman. Which is still a much better Superman movie than anything Zack Snyder made. Well, I read an interesting Don't article about Snyder um, where the, someone sat there and went, you know, however you feel about that film, you have to recognize that Snyder set out to make a film about a certain kind of hero, and he did. And you, whether you agree with it or not, he succeeded in telling the story he wanted to tell. Yeah, and you have to, and, and it, and it's okay not to like it, and it's okay to sit there and say, yeah. "I enjoyed what he did," but it's okay not to like what he did with Superman. And you know, I really wish 
that which is interesting way to look at it. It's true. Well, and and, and I, I I wish that Ryan Johnson would have that same attitude about Last Jedi. It's okay to like the Last Jedi, and it's okay to not like yeah. the Last Jedi. And those of us who do not like the Last Jedi, we're not evil. We're well, not, you know, racist. You, we're not. But you could be evil. Alt right white supremacist Nazis. You could be, well. Alt-right supremacist Nazis can dislike movies, too. I know, but <laughs> it does not follow that because you don't like Last Jedi, you're an alt-right white supremacist Nazi. Well, and that's I the know. association I've... that keeps getting made by the other May we remind, crowd. may we remind, as someone who probably falls into the other thinking crowd, um, I'm not a, anyway. Well, you haven't called me an alt-right white supremacist Nazi yet. So you're not quite over the edge. I generally try to avoid. I generally are. try to avoid calling anyone a Nazi unless they're actually a Nazi. At some um, point, but, at some, but, but know, would that they followed your example? But sir. again, remember the internet is full of a bunch of people screaming at each other. The ones screaming the loudest are not the ones to pay attention to. We're going to have to circle back to this this conversation because a lot of the ones that are screaming the loudest are the ones who are a paid to make this stuff. A lot of the ones who are screaming Bill the loudest. Bill Sienkiewicz. A lot, of the ones, Simone, a lot of the ones who are screaming the loudest Robbie Rodriguez, are not the ones you should Joe be Quesada, listening to. Mark Wade. This is not the plan for today. No, it's not. We can have right. this discussion another time. Yes, we will circle back to this I'm sure at we some will. point. I'm yes. sure we will. Because we've talked about, you know, fandom needs to take a breath. Yeah. Fandom and creators need to take a breath. Okay, so <laughs> let's move on to a the, the mildly less controversial decision. <laughs> We're still friends here. To have an HBO series based on Watchmen. Oh, yes. Okay. Grimdark. So, yeah. And as much as you can blame Frank Miller for a lot of the Grimdark, you can blame Watchmen for the other, all the Grimdark. Yeah. For as influential, influential as Watchmen was, as incredible storytelling as Watchmen was, from the artwork, the Dave Gibbons artwork, um, to the incredible Alan Moore story, all these things that they did and all the influence that this series has had. I mean, crying out loud, Doomsday Clock, the current DC maxi series where they are ta- where they are fixing their universe. They're looking back at everything they've done for the last 10 years and longer and they're going, "We have a we have a fix and we get to tie it into Watchmen, which is this amazing series." Well, However you feel about Rebirth. that. Rebirth. Yeah, all this stuff is coming together. And that's the staying power of this series that came out in, what, 86? I, th- I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, a little while ago. Yeah. It's had incredible legs for a 12-issue series that was not set in continuity. Right. That was not... Well, it was originally supposed to involve the Charlton Comics characters. Right, so Dr. Manhattan was uh, Captain Adam. You had... Uh, the question was Rorschach. Oddly enough, the Justice League uh, animated series has made... The question much more like Rorschach than he actually was in the actual question comics, <laughs> which is curious, but that's how this stuff works. So you end up with these characters that are uh, surprisingly long lived for us and, and important for a series that doesn't actually tie into the rest of the DC universe the way that a lot of the other stuff does. All right. So HBO is bringing out this miniseries and it's brought to you by. The guy who had the really great idea to have a TV show about people uh, on an island when their plane crashed, uh, but didn't know how to end it. Um, is it is it is it Kurtzman? No, it's Lind- Lindelof. Lindelof. Oh, Lindelof. Lindelof. Oh. Yeah. Now it's not much better. Well, but the thing is, is that he did the leftovers, which a lot of people said had a good beginning, and a good middle, and an end. So, and it's also, I mean, so it's. When he's is, a, is, okay, so is is Lindelof the one? No, it's Goy, Goyer. Which one is it? Lindelof or Goyer? That's hit and miss. Has good ones or and bad ones? Is, is it both? Of well, them it's both. It's both of them. But Goyer is the one who who tends to be more ho- pro, high profile about his and 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 willing to say things to fans that fans wish that he would not say. Oh, he's not a very good yeah. person talking to large crowds. It I, seems to me. I think people will. Say Still bring up the Hulk, She-Hulk comment that he made in that one convention. Some people should. Some people do not talk well in front of other people, no. or know when not to say something. No, I mean, part of me, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, part of being a grown-up 
is knowing when not to talk, says the people who are talking on a podcast every week. But Yes, but we're grown-ups. And we See, don't say a lot of things. That whole culture war thing that could have devolved into a completely new argument, I'm, we stepped away from that and went back on topic like grown-ups do. I'm just going to stab him when the camera stops rolling. <laughs> you guys don't have to see it. There'll be a new co-host next week. Just, <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> Why oh. do you think I got the new red oh, microphone the windscreen? There we go. So Hides anyway. the blood better. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's this incredibly influential comic book. Yes. Um, and it had an adaptation that I'm actually a fan of Jack of, of Zack Snyder's Watchmen adaptation for the very simple fact that he made a serious effort to adapt a 12 issue series into a three hour movie that works. Yeah, that's uh, and given how much is in the book that didn't make it to the movie, mm-hmm. it's. An, in, a, a, an accomplishment to tell that cohesive story that was left mm-hmm. that's in the movie and and still leave everything out that was that you leave out and and whether or not you f- enjoy the film i think overall and that, and it's perfectly fine not to because it is a div- it's a divisive film well, leaving, it's a divisive book yeah but leaving aside you know cuz this was this was pre man of steel at this point it was what he'd done 300 He'd done uh, Dawn of the Dead. His version. I actually really enjoy Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Did he do Sucker Punch before? He did Sucker Punch before I Watchmen, think, right? Or after? I think he did it after. Okay. I yeah. think. Sucker I Punch think. came before Man of Steel. Yeah, I think Sucker yeah. Punch was his first one that he wrote that wasn't based on another material. Although okay. a lot of people think it is because it's got that same kind of aesthetic. Sure. And so, I mean, Watchmen is, Watchmen is a film that is... It's very flawed. Okay, there's no way around it. There are parts of it he, parts of the the comic book, that I don't think he got as as a creator himself. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's there's themes that he didn't he he tended to glorify violence in the movie to a, in a way that all superhero films do. Whereas the right. comic was really going no no, this is not glory. Do not this glorify is a bad this. Thing. Right. So some of that stuff is some of that stuff is lost in translation. But for a film, for a series that sh- everyone was saying for years could not be made, he pulled it off. Whether or not you like what he came up with, I'm, I'm going to give the man credit. And I like the movie. I like the extended cut, um, the director's cut. Right. Uh, it's It's got some, I mean, it's got some curious use of music from time to time. But anyway. So well, I, and, and if you take it, if you take it for what it is, just on its own merits, mm-hmm. It's a fairly decent, good movie. Uh, you know, it, as an adaptation of the book, mm-hmm. maybe it's got its flaws, sure. But as its own thing, which is sometimes how you have to look at these things. If you've got something that's an adaptation that takes liberties, let's say, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to look at at the at the adaptation isolated from the source material and that can be tough sometimes but yeah no i I agree it really is um we got uh reign of the superman Mm -hmm. on on blu-ray yesterday and i i took a look at it and and the the challenge for some of these because they just came out with death of superman right not too long ago and now this is the sequel reign of the superman and it's going to go into something else with with like oh, i don't want to give away yeah no spoilers but the challenge with these kind of stories that they're telling in the animated movies is that they're pulling them from specific issue runs mm-hmm. from the superman comics or justice league comics or batman comics or wherever and you have to be very careful when you're doing these kind of adaptations because you're pulling one story out of this long continuity thread that goes all the way back to John Byrne rebooting Superman right, yeah. in 80, it was 86. Something like that, yeah. So all of this, and then you know, you've got this, this one piece. Mm-hmm. So how do you isolate that to the point where you can tell just that story and be okay and not have all of these dangling threads that are in the original. Right. And I think they pulled it off fairly well. Reign of the Superman, 
not bad for what it is. Yeah. But there's a lot of story material that's not there. Sure. Because it, it you just can't. Right. There's you no way. To, there's no way to put that all in an hour and a half. Yeah. And I think that was one of the challenges that was Zack Snyder faced. Because you know the, the the entire thing with the island is not in there, right? Um, all of the the black ship, yeah, the black ship, all of that, and stuff the black freighter. The black freighter material actually was produced, but it was then it in was fact made into an animated piece. Yeah, and there's actually a version of the film. I think it's the ultimate cut, which it reincorporates it, hmm. which extends the film like another thirty five, forty five minutes. Um, but Snyder has actually said he does not want it in there. Because when they filmed the movie, he knew he couldn't put it in the theater, so right. it's not integrated in the way that it, he felt that it should have been. Um, although I've heard some people do like it, I haven't. I have not watched it all as that one thing with the Black Freighter stuff put back in. Yeah. Um. So, a, a film that that you can enjoy and it's okay to enjoy, but it is a divisive film. A lot of fans don't feel that it really captures the comic. Um, there's a great commentary track. From uh, from Dave Gibbons talking about how he enjoyed the film. Now, of course, Alan Moore is notorious for do not make my films into my, my stories into movies because you're not going to get it right. Even when you get it right, it's not going to be right because there, I'm writing com- I'm writing comics. I'm writing a visual medium here right. that is already a visual medium. It doesn't need to be a movie. I and, will throw a hex on you. And you are you know, yes. You're don't, don't and don't tell people I said it was okay. Because I'll find out, and I'll I will yell. The V for Vendetta people found this out. Um, so anyway, so there's a new version of Watchmen coming out. Just just to like throw fuel on the fire of, of but it's coming out from HBO. It's got Dave Gibbons' um, uh, seal of approval. Yes, and it's not a straight adaptation. Some people are speculating it's a sequel of sorts it's kind of yeah the, some people think that it's an alternate universe version of mm-hmm. watchmen which some seems people think it's about a lot of the language that they're using seems to imply it's a sideways step it's a similar kind of story playing with the same themes in a world that has some of the same problems as the 1980s world of yeah. watchmen the, of the of the uh, comic book and it's got an amazing cast. And we're talking, oh, let's see here. Jeremy Irons, Regina King, Don Johnson, Gene Smart, uh, Tom Meissen from Sleepy Hollow. If you're mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow fans who are wondering, when will we see Tom? Now you go see him in Watchmen. <laughs> um, Francis Fisher, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, Lou Gossett Jr., who I haven't seen in ages. Oh, really? I didn't ah. know he was in there. Um, we just got news that um, Dustin Ingram... Uh, joined the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Hong Chao joined the cast. We got news about that a couple of weeks ago. See, the problem the problem with this, and this is what we run into with things like you mentioned Star Trek Discovery before, this is not some place where everybody's got easy access to it. I mean, if you're not paying no. for a premium cable but I'll tell or you what, HBO Go or whatever their service is, you're are, not going to see this. No, but I think it'll, it'll make its way out there eventually. This, so this is the kind of thing that gets, you know, gets on Netflix in a big yeah. way, I think. Uh, but no, this is this is an interesting thing. This is a this is an interesting project. It's there's a lot of real question about what they're going to do because the only visuals we have, and you can find their Instagram page, which has um, not enough visuals. There's there's right. so much. There's there's like twelve. <laughs> there's like twelve pictures, and they're very confusing. Um, if you are a fan of the comic, if you're a, if you if you've seen the film, you know what some of the the mask references mean and why why people are wearing masks in those worlds, and it's a very different setting apparently for the, the HBO series, which is okay. Which is, I mean, they're exploring. It looks like they're exploring something else right. in the world of, of superheroes and how they would interact in the real world. And Instagram, it's Instagram.com/slash/hbo. I would expect mm. that's probably because that looks like that's what their uh, their at account thing is. Um, we're actually also on Instagram. Hmm. Is your is your uh, is your power supply for your computer about to explode on I us? I think it might. It's, uh, it's making a tiny, tiny, scary, buzzy noise, and uh, it's really hot. So I'm going to unplug that. Um, Yay! 
Because, you know, I don't want to burn the house down. That would be most appreciated. 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 May, may die me here in a minute. Now, um, is that making the same kind of sound that the cat toy is making spontaneously and, and on, all on its own at home? Um, this is slightly less scary. He has a haunted cat I have a haunt, toy. Yeah, there's a haunted cat toy, and 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 my cat is traumatized by it. It doesn't take much. Do not, do not let it come for my soul. Uh, all right. So that's coming up with washer. That's a cool thing. Mm-hmm. But again, the thing is, um, that's coming up. It's not here now. Right. We, you know, it's that's sometime this year, probably in the fall. Um, and we've got this gap. You know, next film you got to what? Isn't Shazam like the big next big superhero film coming out? And it's like uh, months. Shazam, like, no, Captain Marvel's first. Captain Marvel is in oh, March. March. Okay, that's right. Shazam is in April. Is in May. Okay, there we go. May fifth, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think, or is it April? Is it April? Okay. All right. Soon, but not not soon enough. Right. I mean, what What do you got right now? What do you What do you? And then you've got Avengers Endgame after that. Yeah. That's in May. Okay, so yeah, so Captain Marvel in March, Shazam in April, Avengers in May. Right. So if you can, but if you if you need something now, you've got to have that fix of of heroic heroic heroes battling Doing. dastardly villains. I mean, you need that now. Yeah. There's stuff out there. There's stuff out there that you haven't seen, and I'm gonna go way back. Mm. I'm gonna okay. go. I'm gonna go to a place you don't expect me to go. So if you're a Batman fan, okay. Say you're say you you maybe you maybe you love the the current you know the the DC universe's version of Batman. All right, you 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 hated everything about Justice League, but you you know you got you you think Batman's awesome, or you can't stand those. Are you talking you about the Ben, the, the ben yeah, Affleck version, or okay. you, or you love the Nolan Batman, or right. you love the Burton Batman? Okay, all of these characters came from somewhere. All right, they all came from. They're all variations of the character, the Batman. From DC Comics, right? Mm-hmm. Where did Batman come from? Bill Finger. Okay. <laughs> and, and where did where did Bill Finger get the ideas? Well, it, and yeah, there was a there was a combination of a lot of different things, but um, the Shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a movie called The Bat. Right. Uh, a lot of film noir aesthetics in mm-hmm. the in the very beginning, of course. Um, what else? What else do you have in we've mind? We got the shadow. Um, we got uh, Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. the great detective. We've got the Scarlet Pimpernel. Oh yes, he was the prototype, essentially, of the foppish millionaire playboy. By day and by night, he's the masked, you know, a, Avenger mm-hmm. fighting for justice. Zorro did that too. Zorro did that Zorro too. too. So, um, and actually Zorro was right after this because um, there is a film version of the Scarlet Pimpernel starring Leslie Howard. Now, if you don't know the name Ooh. Leslie Howard, um, you may have seen Gone with the Wind, okay? He's kind of the, he's not the guy who gets the girl. He's, he's the guy He's who, the dandy boy, right? He's the guy who loses the girl. And yeah. for a lot of modern audiences, that's the image of Leslie Howard. He's the blonde. He's the blonde. Who who stands on the porch with George Reeves mm. in that one scene, right? Yeah. Because George Reeves is in that movie too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's actually a really, Leslie Howard was an amazing actor who was in a lot of fantastic films. Um, and he was, he played the Scarlet Pimpernel. He was the hero. I did not realize that was him doing that. Yeah. And so, 1934. Okay, that's going back, mm. you know, quite a ways. But it's an excellent adventure film for the time remember it's a different it's a different era of filmmaking but it's often wickedly funny it's great performances from all these actors um and um uh, merle oberon merle oberon raymond massey um you know it's based on the 19 the, the play was written in 1905 mm-hmm. so i mean it's, it's was it a play first it was or a, a play first mm-hmm. oh, okay well the novel was 1908 Right. So the play came first and the came out the novel. But uh, yeah, no, I highly recommend this film. He's basically Batman before Batman. Now, of course, if they made a Scarlet Pimpernel movie now, people would say, oh, it's a Batman ripoff. Kind of like would. they did with John Carter. Yeah, they, 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 you know, that's very true. Um, now, no Zorro. Sense of history. Well, it's really easy to lose that sense of history, unfortunately. That's why we're here. So Zorro, actually, 1920s 
were when Zorro films started coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, your twenty and twenty five were silent pictures. You didn't get your first uh, sound. Your first talking Zorro film was in nineteen thirty six from Republic Pictures. Um, and then 40, 1940 was 20th Century Fox's first uh, Zorro picture. And that's one a lot of people think of. It's the mark of Zorro. When they think of the, think of the big first Zorro right. pick. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out uh, the Zorro pictures. Now there's a lot of different Zorro pictures to choose from. I actually would go back to the original stuff, to the early films. The Mark of Zorro just happens to also have been the movie that the Waynes went to see that mm-hmm. fateful night. That's, that's one of the reasons to do exactly that. Yes. There is the Antonio Banderas Zorro films are fun, and they're and, and that's and that's what I can say about them. Yeah, they're, they're not great movies. They're entertaining. They're kind of like watching the Mummy movies, the Brendan the Brendan Fraser oh, yeah. Mummy, yeah. Mummy movies, which they very striking similarity to. Well, and and really the the two. Well, the three reasons to watch Zorro, the the Banderas Zorro, would be the swordplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, very good fight choreography. Um, Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. because he's he's playing the original Zorro in this in this film, and you can see you know, his his arc, his character arc mm-hmm. is is pretty interesting. And of course, there's Catherine Zeta Jones. Right, who's and, always a good reason to watch was, any movie, that she which did. was kind of her big breakthrough role. It was stateside. Yeah, uh, it was because yeah, after that she was in Entrapment with Sean Connery. Right, right. A film that has not lasted long in the public memory. With the lasers. With the lasers. Yeah, that's what everybody remembers because <laughs> it was in the trailer. <laughs> what else is about that film? That's right. Uh, it had Sean Connery in it. Okay, yeah. um, so. That that's going back a ways, and there's other films you can go back and find the, the serial Captain Marvel movies, uh, the serial Flash Gordon films. Oh, those were Republic too, weren't I believe they? they were Republic. Yeah. Um, you can find Batman and uh, Captain America and Superman in serial forms. These DVDs and videos are out there. I met, oh, I can't remember his name, the the second Batman and Robin serial, mm-hmm. not the first one, but the second right. one. Where they went after the the mad scientist, I can't even remember the the, the character, but hmm. um, John John I can't remember his last name. He played Robin in the second serial. I met him once. Mm-hmm. It turns out because at at the time, you know, <clears throat> like a lot of other people, we fell victim to persuasion on buying a timeshare. And he owned the property. He 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 was an owner in the actual facility, mm-hmm. and met him. Got his autograph. He's got a picture. Uh, there's a there's a picture of him somewhere dressed as Robin in this house, um, with his with his autograph on it. And he, he, very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those those I think I have those on both DVD and VHS. If you want to. Date myself there, because <laughs> nobody else will. But um, bum bum. These are the jokes, folks. Yes, that's why we don't have comedy career. I lie. I do have a date sometimes. <laughs> I do better now than I did a few years ago. Let's, let's say that. <laughs> but I digress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which we do here all the time. You know the uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your list here mm-hmm. that that my my old man's eyes see as little squiggly lines, but I can tell enough to see the Lone Ranger in that list. That's right. The le- uh, well, and, there's several. There's there's the Legend of the Lone Ranger from '81. Oh, that I I still have that movie. I have that movie on VHS, and I still break it out and watch it every now and again. Yeah, because it's it's not good. But it's not terrible. Well, it it's it it's better than the movie that had Johnny Depp playing Tonto. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out there a, and say that that's not a limb. No. You're not on. You're not on a limb. You're standing at the base of the tree, going, "This is a nice tree you got here." <laughs> yeah. But can uh, I sit under and, and sit under and get this, some shade? I it mean, was. It, is. it was fun. It was a fun picture to watch because it was. Uh, I mean, for all extents and purposes, it was the first. Modern, let's say, I'll, I'll mm, qualify, sure. the first modern attempt to do a Lone Ranger movie. 
mm-hmm. and Clinton Spillsbury does okay. Yeah, it's it's not a great film, but it is entertaining. It's a it's a Sunday afternoon movie. Yeah, I mean Christopher Lloyd is Butch Cavendish. Come on, I mean he just <laughs> chews the scenery so well in that movie. Yeah, but the year before that was, and there goes the computer. The year before that was uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah, which they keep threatening to remake. And okay, guys, here's here's what happens if you try and remake Flash Gordon. You're not remaking that movie. You're remaking. Okay, so Flash Gordon. For those of you at home, Flash Gordon is not just a movie with an incredible Queen soundtrack because it's got an incredible Queen soundtrack. Oh, uh, but it is in fact an adaptation of a much earlier series of various forms of storytelling whether it was books or news strips or movies what came first was the newspaper strip was first oh, you know 1934 sure. strips but i i, I people tend to forget that, that buck rogers was a novel first yeah and it was very different from all oh, the, yeah. everything that you know there about buck a, rogers now well, and if some of it, some of the stuff comes out of certain things were written at a certain time, so they reflect the cultures of the time. And when they get adapted into another mm-hmm. format, they're like, "Well, we don't need any of this stuff." So, well, and and actually, Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century was not even Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century. The first book it right. was called Annihilation, I think. Yeah, and and it, years ago, somebody I can't remember who did somebody wrote a sequel. They wrote a sequel to the novel. Yeah. Which means that if you were trying to read, if you picked it up thinking it's a new Buck Rogers novel, you're like, what is going on? Because um, the villains in that were a Pan Asian. I mean, China, it was. Chinaman. It was, yeah, it was. Well, human, it was that yellow scare. Yeah, it was yellow scare thing. Big and, thing over there. And whereas, whereas, of course, you know, in, in the modern versions, and even from the versions from probably about the 50s on, it was really. You know, the alien, he was the, an alien menace that humanity was, was more united. I had that wrong. Armageddon 2419 AD was the name of the Who original the, uh, book. Who was the author? Uh, Philip Francis Nolan. Yeah, Nolan, that's right. And it was. No relation, by the way. 1928. Yeah. So it's uh, a ve- it was a very different. Oh, it was published in Amazing Stories to start with. Oh, there we go. And then you had, of course, um, here not too long ago, a few, well, I guess maybe it's been four or five years now, um, there was a new adaptation of the original Buck Rogers stuff as a comic book from Howard Shaken. Mm, right, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty good, actually. The artwork in there was really fantastic. When Shaken gets it right, he's really... The first three issues of his 1980s The Shadow mm-hmm. uh, limited series were looked fantastic. I'm not sure what happened in the fourth issue. <laughs> the art quality, the art quality dived, and and so did a lot of the story quality. But no. I have issues with that whole series. Flash Gordon um, comic strip created and originally mm. drawn by Alex Raymond, first published in January of nineteen thirty four. Right. So it was, and it was actually created to compete with Buck Rogers yeah. as a newspaper strip. Because when the Buck Rogers newspaper strip came out, they said we got to do one of those. Now, if you guys, if you guys Gordon. don't think of these guys as superheroes, they they really are. Because these oh, were yeah. these were your first, these were the first guys who were doing what Iron Man would do. They they used technology to fight villains. Yeah, they just invaders. had jetpacks instead of capes. That's yeah, all. and they, these were kind of the predecessors to things like The Rocketeer, which is another film that you should check out. It came out in the in the eighties, early nineties. Uh, I would say early nineties because I was working as an intern for a PR agency in Dallas when it came out. So I would say ninety. Billy Campbell was in that. Billy Campbell, uh, Jennifer Connelly. That's right, Jennifer. That was one of her early roles as well. Yes, not, not her first role, but it was early. She was. It was when she was really. 91. 91. All right. Sounds um, close. Yeah. But, 90s. you know, if, if, and, that's, and that's another one of those. If you're not watching for the jetpack and the technology and the action and the hoorah, go watch for Jennifer Connolly. I mean, well, that, or, or if you're that wonder, white dress. Or if, you're, uh, if you want to watch the villain instead, you got Timothy Dalton. Yes. Um, and I want to say it was right after he finished, well, he, he'd played Bond before that. Yeah. And then he would start, it might have been his first big role playing a villain right after Bond. And Paul Sorvino's in that movie, too. It's a fantastic It's cast. fun. It's really fun. And it's a film that didn't kind of flew under the radar, 
didn't make a. I mean, some uh, built a really solid fan base, but I it's see again, what you did there. <laughs> and it's getting it's getting a a sequel slash reboot yeah. that called the Rocketeers, which looks like it's going to be the next generation of folks who are going to try and take up. The, the helmet and pack and, and yeah. fight crime. And every now and again, you get a reboot. There was a reboot of the comic book, the graphic mm-hmm. novels, yeah. uh, that was out for a while. And um, it was because, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who created it, uh, created The Rocketeer. Um, oh, I can't Steven, remember. Steven, Dave Stevens. Yeah. Uh, he passed away, I don't think, what, he was in his 40s or something? He had yeah, cancer or anything. So you don't have the benefit of having the original creator with this, um, but it's an interesting idea mm-hmm. to do, uh, you know, as a sequel instead of a reboot. Yeah, because we, we the original movie set up a sequel we never got. Right. And Unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of a lot of these great films set up sequels that, yeah. that we didn't get. Even the not so great, even the didn't set up, yeah, all set of up those set up sequels. They were never gonna get. Yeah, well, because I mean, I'm still that waiting was for I'm still waiting for the second Buckaroo Banzai movie. I I I'm, will second that. And hurry up, Peter Weller. What about a sequel to Crawl? Well, oh, well, speaking a sequel, of which, a sequel to Crawl, I'd love a sequel to Crawl. Actually, they keep threatening to re- do. I think it's supposed to be a Crawl remake. Re- reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, remake. Speaking of Peter Weller, yeah, RoboCop returns. Mm-hmm. A, a direct sequel to RoboCop Two, right? I mean, it's or is it a direct sequel to the original? Well, because wasn't we, Weller in a? Wasn't there a RoboCop Three with Weller? I think he was gone by three. I can't remember. I can't remember when he left. I think he did the first two, and then somebody else was in. Was yeah, in RoboCop Three. I think there was somebody else in RoboCop Three. But and RoboCop, RoBoCop 4 Three was, was that was. The three was it three were there four of them because there's the remake uh, yeah there were four there were four of the original films okay. i think the fourth one was kind of like hey look at some rubber cup movie <laughs> 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 yeah. and there was, then there was the the canadian series which had was mixed quality there were the there was the tv series uh-huh. which was a tv series and there was the cartoon which was nominally a cartoon <laughs> robert john burke i guess look is was was robocop in robocop 3 nancy allen was still in there but robocop mm-hmm. and then there was uh well it looks like there was two two series there was robocop and then there was robocop prime directive I, I want to say that was the that was the better of the two of those i recall uh, here's another one uh, another robocop 88 tv series so i guess there were three of them yeah, so um clearly so there were three there were three original RoboCop movies that I'm finding right. here on IMDb. I'm probably I'm probably mixing one of the direct-to-video variants um yeah. which could be a combination of two of the TV episodes for And I tell you I I still whenever I'm watching RoboCop it is interesting to see Dallas as future Detroit, <laughs> especially the OCP building, because I look at it, I was like, that's Dallas City Hall. I can see the mat line. I know where that building stops. Hey, and by the way, speaking speaking of of that film and and the way it told a certain, you, you, you say looking at, at the architecture and seeing what's there, what that film did with violence and humor has been attempted Mm. To imitate many, many times since then. Yes, and they have failed. Yeah, they don't. They don't get it well. And and the word is that Neil Blomkamp is planning to do this next one, this RoboCop Returns, in the style of Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, I mean, it's which it's is going to be so over the top. I'm 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 excited and very very nervous because I could get so easily get done wrong. I have uh, I have to interject here that uh, since we're on live TV, mm-hmm, yeah. since we're on live with YouTube. There is a chat widget. Yeah. And I have neglected to chat, uh, check the chat widget. And Glenn, so they've been basically talking to you. Yeah. And you're just making was, yeah. Glenn, Glenn, Listen to me. Glenn Bartlett over the Traveling the Vortex podcast, who is also part of the Tardis Sauce yeah. show that we have. Uh, he is rattling off some some shows here. He, he points out Robert John Burke played Robocop, the third film. Uh, Zorro the Gay Blade starring George Hamilton. It's a very funny parody of Zorro. Do not think it's actually a Zorro movie as much as it is a... 
the closest thing you're going to get to an airplane version of Zorro. Yeah. It says, The Rocketeer is a film that needs a sequel. Remake Flash Gordon, and you're remaking the nostalgia of the film and not the film itself. And I'm assuming he's talking about the the Sam. Yeah, you can't. The one you, with, with Go back to the source material, tell Sam a new Jones. version using the, using the same characters. Go back to the, to the, to the comic books and the comic strips and the, and the books and the yes. TV shows and all the just Don't, don't touch yep. the, that one. And it says 81 Lone Ranger is the best film adaptation ever. There you go. Now I will, I will admit to something. Oh, <clears throat> I have in my, uh, in my notes, in my various story files and notebooks mm-hmm. and and such, uh, in the in the office, I have the beginnings of a screenplay for the Lone Ranger. Mm-hmm. My original plan when I was in college the first time back in nineteen something something none of your business. I saw long long time ago. I yeah, can exactly. still remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I saw two two films that I saw on the screen in the theaters. I saw Silverado, mm-hmm. which is a great great western. western, and I saw Lawrence of Arabia. Amazing movie. When it was digitally restored, and they went back and they mm-hmm. just cleaned it all up, and then, and, then, and then they toured with it, and they saw. It, and if I got you have to see not it. seen those two films. Go see those two oh, films. They absolutely. are not science fiction films or or, or horror films or any no. of the genre stuff we talk about, but they are amazing movies. Silverado is one of those models for screenwriting. If you are going to it's tell a story, hell of a cast. It is. It is. Ugh. So I see these two movies, and I think that's what I want to do. I mm-hmm. want to go make movies because I was in radio at the time. And so I transferred schools, and, and my how things have changed. The original idea was to get into film, mm-hmm. be a filmmaker, and make the definitive Lone Ranger movie on the scale of Lawrence of Arabia. That big of a film mm. with the Lone Ranger, and I, I, I still have the title sequence in my head. Mm-hmm. The title sequence is, of course, you know, using uh, the entire 17 minutes of the William Tell Overture. Of course. Because you got to do the whole thing, right? <laughs> and I know exactly what happens because when the trumpet starts on the, on, the, on the part at the end, that's when you first see Silver. Sure. As a, as a wild Mustang horse, and he's mm-hmm. leading all of the other stuff. And now you remember uh, the man from Snowy River. Yeah. Do you remember some of the helicopter shots of all of the horses running around uh, the range yeah, and all uh-huh, that? Yeah, yeah. That's the William Tell Overture with with Silver in the front, right? Okay, and I'm, as a, the I'm music, all right with this. As this the is... music ra- swells and wraps, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and wraps up, then you kind of swing around. You pick up the stagecoach coming into the to the thing, and you, you there's your story. It's, it mm-hmm. begins, and and so I had all of this stuff in my head. I, I, it's all planned out, and my my goal was. To make this movie in time for the character's 100th anniversary in 2031. Mm-hmm. Now, I've still got time. <laughs> Better get working. <laughs> but I have absolutely no confidence at all that I will ever be able to make that movie, especially yeah. especially after what they did with Army Hammer and... And, and the and shame of it is, is that... Johnny Depp. Well, and it was a terrible film. You know, uh, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, as much fun as they are, the, as much fun as the first two are. Mm-hmm. Um, the people who decided to give Johnny Depp lots and lots of money to keep playing that character should have a stern talking to, um, preferably with a stick, because yeah, um, in you know, for all, for all the talent that Johnny Depp has, he also has leaving aside anything else. Just talking about his his performing instincts. Um, if you let him be ridiculous, he's got he's good at it, and he's got a and and if you if it, as dear directors, <laughs> tell your actor what they what you want, and then hold them to it. Yeah. And and don't and dear studios, don't let the star forget that the story overpower the story you're trying to tell. Johnny Depp. So, I mean, you know. Johnny Depp and Will Ferrell both suffer from that same problem of playing the same character over and over and over again. Now, it worked for John Wayne. When John Wayne did it, it worked. Because John Wayne because played a type. He was, yeah, he, he was John a, Wayne. Yeah. I mean, he, but he, his characters were a type. And Johnny so Depp you, can't get away with that. But when you got to films like Rooster Cogburn. Yeah. Okay. And you made, you, you gave him, you 
you were he was still he was still John Wayne, but it was a different it was almost a subversion of the characters he'd been playing all that time. He'd done kind of the same same type of thing with the shooters too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and and uh in the Cowboys uh, where he's you know dealing with a bunch of kids and, and well and, and there's a there's a different side of John Wayne in for that modern film audiences too. think um, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven when he basically yeah. sat there and went okay I built my career on on the western I'm going to come back and give you what the what a western probably really was like as opposed to the glamorous clean yeah. every good hat black hat white hat thing. Before we go, because we are running out of time here, <laughs> I want to talk about real briefly and and a full spoiler. I know one of the actors in the film. I mean, I'm, I've I've worked with I've worked with them professionally. Okay, um, uh, but there's a film called The Scribbler, and we start off talking about Zack Snyder, and we're going to come back around because some people who, if you thought Sucker Punch was visually very very interesting, mm-hmm. but perhaps a little incoherent in the story. Perhaps a little uh, attempts, however good-natured attempts were made involving the cast and crew, a touch misogynistic, just a touch. Um, If you thought that it had a lot of promise and didn't quite live up to it, there's a film called The Scribbler. And it's actually been described literally as if what if Sucker Punch was made by the asylum. Now, I... (laughs) And I think that is, on one hand... Terribly insulting considering the quality of a lot of Asylum films. But but honestly, um, there's some truth to it. And it's got an amazing cast. Um, if you're a fan of, say, I don't know, Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow. Um, or, you know, so let's see, Katie Cassidy? Yeah. Okay. Familiar with that name, folks? She's done a little, a little bit on Arrow. A little important part there. Black Canary, Black yeah. Siren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe you've heard of Eliza Dushku. She's had something of a career, yeah. Um, Gina Gershon. Mm-hmm. Um, she hasn't done anything lately. She works a lot. She's since worked a lot of smaller roles in indie films. Oh, okay. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt, kind of a uh, really fantastic actor. Uh, Michael Im- Imperioli. Imperioli? Uh, it's a character actor. He's done a ton of stuff. Uh, usually plays um, Imperioli. Imperioli. Um, let's see. Billy Campbell. And we know Again, Billy Campbell. Yeah, so and a lady named Ashlyn uh, Ashlyn Yenny, who is the the actor I know. She and I worked together on a film several years ago. Uh, was that American Maniacs? American Maniacs, where she was one of the leads, and I was the production designer. So I got to chain Ashlyn to a ceiling, um, and she <laughs> forgave me anyway. So it was part of the job. It's, it was, it wasn't job. personal. It was so, but anyway, she's she's a fantastic lady. But it's a it's a superhero film. And especially now that Split has we we've had Split and we've had this multiple personality character disassociative disassociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. So the character from Split is in Glass. This has got some similar themes about mental illness and superpowers. All right, and it is a pretty smart, pretty funny, low budget superhero film that I definitely encourage you to check out. I have no idea if Ashlyn still gets royalties off this thing, but I would not object to any of the folks who are involved in it getting a little more money because it's, it's a it's a good it's a it, pretty good film for, for its budget, and, and it's a great cast. Yeah, I tried to watch it on Netflix. Well, you first told me about it, what, yeah. a couple of years ago, yeah. and I started I started trying to watch it, and, and every time I tried to watch it, the internet would crap out on me, and I never got back to, to sitting and watching it. And, of course... I'm watching Netflix on the Wii device from Nintendo, and I get this email from from Nintendo saying Nintendo's not going to support any streaming video after January 30th. Yeah, so, so that's a problem. But, but yeah, definitely, so, definitely check that out. Um, and Mystery Men. That's the one I want to talk about. We didn't have time to talk about today. That's the one with Janine uh, Garofalo. Janine Garofalo and William Macy, Macy. and it's it, it's a fantastic. It's a, a misfit Ben type Stiller superhero uh, film. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny and it's actually fairly smart. I mean, this, it's, it's one this of those... is back when Janine Garofalo still had a career. This is back when Ben Stiller wasn't getting more and more ridiculous every film he made. This is back when William H. Macy was not known to every single human being as right. one of the finest actors we have. Right. This is a long time ago. So it's a it's a uh, oh well, and it was it was um, Jeffrey the Jeffrey Tambor. No, no, the villain from he's the, he was the villain in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, um, anyway, he's the bad guy as well. 
Uh, oh, Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush is the villain in that. I was like, and he's an amazingly over the top villain. Anyway, it's it's a it's a. If you were hoping for a funny superhero film that still had moments of of the violence and and action of a superhero film, but also just moments of family and comedy and silliness, you got to check out Mystery Men. I would also say for um, movies that people have missed. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it, it kind of skirts, skates the line of mm-hmm. genre, Cutthroat Island. Mm. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's a pirate movie, so it's kind of, I guess, maybe kind of fantasy. Long kiss, good night. If you want to go sit there and talk about about Gina Davis's <laughs> career, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Samuel cut, cut Samuel Island. Jackson and Gina Davis, and yeah. it's awesome. Cutthroat Island is pretty good. Okay, so that's that's going to do it for us. I want to remind people that uh, we do have uh, a discount code set up for you over at superherostuff.com. If mm-hmm. you enter the code sci-fi for me ten at checkout, you can get ten percent off of your order. And what are we going to talk about next week? Things, stuff, stuff, and things. And more things and stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes on during the course of a week. Yes. And I think we will we will try actually have an answer for that that we can put out into the world in the next couple of days. Yes, and we will post that to our social media. So that means that you need to be connected to us on our yeah. social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And uh, if you're into cosplay, you can connect with us over on Pinterest as well. So that's going to do it for us this week. Um, I've had plenty of coffee. So I'm I'm kind of wired right now, which is fine. <laughs> which is okay. So we will uh, we will wrap this up and uh, be back next week for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank All right. you, folks, for listening and watching. We appreciate it. All right, we'll see you next week. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.